If you thought I was frustrated last night, how do you think I feel after dropping both games in a doubleheader to the lowly Detroit Tigers, one of the worst teams in baseball? Offense isn't clicking. Pitching isn't clicking. The lineups are disasters. We're going to get into it on today's episode of Locked on Guardians. You are Locked on Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Locked On Guardians, brought to you by Blue Nile. Uh, if you need engagement or elegant jewelry, check out Blue Nile. Uh, I am Jeff Ellis, host of Locked on Guardians, as I have been since its inception. Before that, I was a lead draft and prospect analyst for Scout and 24-7. Uh, I wrote for Indians Base 1, Indians Prospect, and Cle- waiting for next year, and the Cleveland fan, just about every blog you can imagine. I want to thank you for making Locked on Guardians your first listen today and every day. So, listen, it's just a disaster show. There's no other way around it. This is just... Uh, they pinch hit for Ernie Clement. Now, I want to... I, I pulled up the data... Since the Colorado series, very specifically, I have it over here on my other computer because we all know that is when Jose got hurt and things haven't been the same. And I wanted his data. Uh, Jose Ramirez, if you go to the start of that Colorado series, because I first went there, I was like, well, let's click on the first game. Since then, he has a runs created plus of 118. But if you just scroll forward and have it start with the Dodgers series there, it's been a 78, a 40 point shift. Uh, just from you know taking out those Colorado games because he was on a roll. He is not the same guy. For him to go out there and get, and he's like changing his approach. He's chasing pitches. He's shortening his swing. Uh, I, he is not healthy, and he's not performing because he's not healthy. Let the man rest. Like he's not bringing any positive traits. And yes, I get it right now internally. If he doesn't play, your option at third base seems to only be Ernie Clement. Nolan Jones has a lot of experience there. Just go ahead and let him play it. I know they've been very focused on him playing in the outfield. And let's be honest, he is not a great defender at third base. But you know what? I feel like Andres has played games there. You could have him. He's definitely got an arm to handle it. You can figure out ways to make it work and get a talented player there. Right now, he is clearly, Jose Ramirez is not himself. Not at all, not even a little bit. Uh, earlier in the year when everyone's like, oh, this MVP race is, you know, uh, is the big debate on it. And my whole view, it's like things are going to happen. Stuff is going to change. And I, 100%. I mean, Jose Ramirez had a 191 runs created plus before the injury, a 78 cents. Uh, he's, he hasn't hit a home run since he hurt his hand. And again, you know, I, I broke my own thumbs. I demonstrated here on the podcast last night. Everything you do hurts writing your name hurts, let alone swinging a bat and hitting a ball. So there's just no no reason at all. It'd be one thing if he was eking out like league average production, but he's not. And the only reason you keep playing him is because if the backup is Ernie Clement. By the way, if we take that same timeline since the Dodgers series and, you know, Clement has appeared in 11 games since then, Josh Naylor's only appeared in 12. Clement's appeared in 11 games since then. He has a negative 42 runs created plus. That's right. Ernie Clement has a negative runs created plus. Luke Maley also has a negative runs created plus. Uh, So does... No, I'm sorry. Those are the only two. But you know how hard it is to have a negative score? Since the Dodgers series, since mid-June. Now, it's not the largest of sample sizes. But still, 
they those two bats have been that bad. They're both a negative. Remember, average is 100. So to get all the way down to a negative, you have to go all those derivations below. And that's the guy who they pinch hit in today's game and probably hit into a double play. You got a runner on first. You're hoping to get some things going. Uh, focusing, again, on this. Platoon advantages are great. If you have one, Ernie Clement is a... Ernie Clement pitches like a hitter and hits like a pitcher right now. And, you know... I've I've been until this point like this big defender saying like he runs well he can guard multiple positions he's a good last guy on the roster but he's if if we're going to enter this situation where he is getting this many at bats you you can't you he can't get this many at bats you're just punting your season uh if you're doing that he has been again a negative runs created plus uh since that Colorado series for him and Jose's at a 70. Who's performed well? I know people get on me for negative. Josh Naylor at a 118. Stephen Kwan a 122. A 135 for Andres. A 143 for Fran Mill. And a 168 for Ahmed. So there's been a lot of positive player performances in there. But Jose is clearly hurt. Uh, Miles Straw has been unlucky, but he's also just in a funk. I mean, he's got a 184 BAPIP. 184 BAPIP in that time. He's still walking at a good percentage. So... Straw's in a funk, uh, and he's been unlucky. Owen Miller, I'm sorry, Owen Miller's got a negative two since then. And, and you get Owen Miller, Luke Bailey, and, uh, and Ernie Clement sometimes in the same lineup, and that's just a murderer's row of production. Uh, it's murdering your own team, not not the other team. I, I just mean purely when you're doing that and sending it out there. And, and it is always great. Like I saw the comments you know, I was gonna where someone's like, hey, how many years did you play? How many... Uh, years did you manage it's like I'm not claiming I did any of that but at the same time like how many years did um you know did, did Chironoff spend in the big leagues how many years did a lot of these evaluators I know people in front offices it's not like I'm sitting here just talking random stuff like I have I have friends in baseball I, I know quite a few people and you talk to people and it's all readily available it's all out there the data exists and it's very easy to see, like, okay, so this is how things go. Like, this is what smart minds are doing. This is what, like, Kevin Cash in Tampa is doing. This is what, you know, general managers with their fingers on the pulse are doing. That's not what the Guardians are doing. They're ignoring all of the relevant data right now. And that's how you get Ernie Clement. Uh, it's, the front office almost has to, like, cut him just to take him away from Tito. Because here's the thing. I, I talked about that tweet yesterday where Mike Freeman uh, clapped back on me. Mike Freeman was at least in 2020, I think it was the year he came, or was it 2019? Like for the first half of the year, he was a 100 runs created plus. He was a league average player. So as he performed, he actually performed well. Now it, it fell apart. I believe that was 2020 and, and it didn't stick, but he actually was not a bad bat. Michael Martinez, no. Like Freeman was kind of one of these, not like the other. Clement is the worst of the three right now in terms of his production. And again, he seems like a great dude. I've only ever heard positive reports. He's just having him pinch hit and having him hit promptly into a double play perfectly sums up how the offense has gone with him. Again, negative 42. That means a 104 or 14 derivations below average. 14. Small sample size, if I'm being fair, but it doesn't change the fact that it's been bad. I mean, even at the best of it, we talked about in yesterday's show, he's a bottom 10 player by runs created plus in baseball. 
and you're playing him against every lefty. And then if there's a lefty late in the game, you're like, okay, bring him. Again, it only matters if someone's actually good at hitting lefties. It doesn't matter. I'm right-handed. I said it yesterday. If you sent me in, I'm striking out. If you send Clement in, he's not getting a hit. And we're going to take our first break. We're going to come back and actually talk about the games. But to see that pinch hitting to bring him in was just like, what? why? Like, it's just silly. It's the same thing. Like, you're facing a killer Yankees team. Let's take our rookie who's struggling right now since he's been healthy. And let's bat him third. Let's bat him at such an important part of the lineup because third baseman hit third. Uh, that's about the only logic I can see in that. But it's... Uh, Jose isn't healthy, and this team is just not the same when you don't have a guy who... I mean, he was playing in another world before his injury. He needs to rest. We'll get into Josh Naylor if he pulls up lame. My goodness. And, uh, but yeah, just between Jose and just this insistence on playing guys like Owen Miller and Ernie Clement, who, yeah, Owen Miller had a great 30 games, and then last year was really bad, and this year has been just as bad. Like, not even close. It'd be one thing, again, if we were talking that Mike Freeman level, where you're at a 90 runs created plus, I'll take that. If you're at 88, give me something 85 and better. If I can round up to 90, I'll be fine. Guys who are in the 50s or 60s, that's just miserable. That's pitcher level, and that is we're sometimes having three to four of those guys in the lineup uh, while your AAA team scores like 10 runs every night with multi-home runs. So we're going to take that first break, come back, and get into these two games, uh, losses against the lowly Tigers. We talked about it at the start. Blue Nile is you know, a jewelry company that makes original pieces. This is not cookie cutter. It is not something that someone's going to just look past. It's something that people are going to look at. It is fine jewelry. It is wedding jewelry. It is jewelry that stands out in a crowd. Uh, you can build the engagement ring of their dreams. Blue Nile's simple online tools will let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft the perfect engagement ring. Each is one of a kind. Or celebrate the special moments of fine jewelry. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewel experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moments sparkle with BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of 500 or more. This is a podcast exclusive, which includes engagement. Use code locked on. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging. They won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. So, the games themselves. Uh, you know, the first one was kind of interesting because uh, Hill, the starter, was one of those guys that might have been taken if there was a Rule 5 draft. Uh, he might not, Garrett Hill might not still be a Tiger if there had been a Rule 5 selection, uh, a Rule 5 draft this year. So it's not just the Guardians benefiting, but uh, if you missed it, Garrett Hill became the first Tiger in the long, long history of that franchise to give up, go six innings and give up two hits or less. And that's all the hits the Guardians manage in this one. Again, you know, we talked about those guys with negative uh, runs created plus. Well, Maley, Arias, yeah, they're they're in here. Now this lineup wasn't that awful, honestly. You know, for as much as I tease, I didn't hate this. Uh, the big problem is, you know, the one home run was the uh, the Josh Naylor dealio in this one, but uh, Naylor then eleventh home run uh, back spasms. I want to say just he ended up getting a walk. He's also the only person to reach twice in this game, which uh, shouldn't be a surprise when only two people had hits to begin with. But 
yeah, if he is down for a significant amount of time, uh, I I can't sign up for Owen Miller every day. My sanity cannot take that right now with the way he has performed throughout the majority of his major league career. There's not a lot of saving grace in that profile. And yes, I've been very focused on Ernie Clement. I've been very focused on, uh, you know, just the data around the since May 1st. But, you know, if, if we go and just pull up the stat cast on Owen Miller, he's playing enough that we should have the data there to be able to see his rankings. And now, his again, his outs above average, it's weird to me that that's an 85. I'd have to go and look position by position. His sprint score is good. His whiff percentage is fine. His K percentage is good. But 8% in barrels, average exit velocity, 23, hard hit, 20. It's just... He's not even, he's not hitting the ball hard. He's not making good contact. It's it's not a good sign of a player with a future as a starter. And compare the data to last year. It's eerily similar in a lot of places. Slight upticks, but uh, neither of these are things that make you think this guy's a starter. And now he could be the every like please. If we are going to have a situation where Naylor is down, then Nolan Jones needs to be up. Uh, and he doesn't need to be added to the 40-man. You can just go ahead and call him up. It's it's time. Uh, he just continues to kill the baseball. If Naylor, and, and honestly, Jose needs to go on the disabled list. We talked about that in segment one. Naylor needs to go on the disabled list. Looking at this roster right now, yes, the 40-man situation is not ideal. But you need to add Will Brennan at the end of the year anyways. What he is doing is unbelievable. Since, like, over the last week, he's just hit 430. Uh, you you can cut an Anthony Castro. You can cut um, Alex Young. I talked about, you know, the, the benefit of adding him. You can go out and move some of these guys. It'll be okay. Most of them are probably going to clear waivers. You can cut Oscar Mercado. I know they won't, but like these are guys that they're not going to hurt your organization if you move on from them. Go out and make those moves. Call up the young guys, and it's it, the backflips people do to justify. Okay, if you're not going to call up Brennan, call up Alex Young. Or Alex Young. Alex Call. Alex Young is the wrong Alex. Call up Alex Call. Like I talked about on yesterday's show. He's virtually the same age as Oscar Mercado, and all he's done is performed exceptionally well two years in a row. I mean, he's performed better in Mercado when they're both in the minor leagues together. Just one has a higher prospect uh, profile and has spent more time in the big leagues, and one has never had a big league shot. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, if it goes wrong, you haven't lost anything. So if you want to, if you're, the the people who are sitting back being like, well, they don't want to have all these um, players with their contracts coming up at the same time. I mean, I kind of get that, but like, I don't think they care. I, no one's looking that far down the road. Like no one views every way. If you're someone who's like running a front office, you're expecting a 50% flame out rate on all of these top 10 guys, just in terms of transitioning to the big leagues, nothing, not even injury, nothing like that. Just a lot of guys, that final step, they cannot get over. There's a lot of Matt Laporta's out there. That just happens. So you, you're not worried about, Oh no, we're going to have to pay all of these guys because at the end of the day, you're not expecting all of these guys to work out. You're just not. I get all the hype on Spencer Torkelson at the start of the year and think where he is now with the Tigers. Think about the production. 
you know, you're not even expecting them all to stay up. Like, if you call up a Will Brennan for a month and he doesn't perform, he goes back down, gets some more seasoning, and then he gets an opportunity later. Uh, it's just the way this happens. There aren't a, you know, we, we talked about with Andres. He spent most of last year in AAA after he had a pretty good debut in 2020 because uh, development isn't a straight line. Jose Ramirez went through that. So, yeah, I, to call someone up is... Don't view it as like, okay, we started all their clocks, and now like Nolan Jones is never going back down. Will Brennan's never going back down. Uh, that's not how this. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> Almost everyone ends up. I was very loud. I apologize. Almost everyone ends up uh, getting yo-yoed a bit because of struggles with adjustments at the major league level. Stephen Kwan doesn't look like it's going to be the case, but he's the rare exception. You go through the rest of this Guardians lineup. Everyone in this lineup yo-yoed outside of him, which is how it works. But yeah, so in this game, Guardians managed all have two hits. They did have four walks, so that gave them six total base runners. That should more often than not, especially with the home run, reflect two runs. Uh, it only gave them one. The other side, I think Detroit had 10 hits, four walks, and Cleveland had an error. They had 15 opportunities. They actually came out on the low side, but they only had the one extra base hit in this one. Uh, you know, It was not a bad performance by Plesak. Six innings, two earned runs. On six hits and two walks, the one thing you notice is the low strikeouts. When he is really dealing, that strikeout rate is higher. Henches, not ideal. Uh, for 99, Karen Check. Here's so another one. I got I got caught on the pronunciation with him, and I have now <clears throat> had multiple guests on the podcast say it multiple different ways, so I get two into my head with him where I'm thinking of like three different ways I've heard it. I talked about when I watched the Colorado game and they called him uh, Emmanuel Clase. And even though I've always said Clase from the beginning, I'm like, uh oh, now that's going to live in the back of my head. So from now on, James K uh, is going to be 99. <laughs> Just so I don't have to fight with myself in my head. It's part of the dyslexia, it's part of my problem uh, with pronunciation and just letters and things like that. So not ideal. He It wasn't the worst. And yeah, three strikeouts is great, but he gave up an inherited run and then he gave up a run on his own. And. You got to see what you have. I would love for him to get back to where he was a little more than a year ago, but he is, I I don't say a, see a pathway to success just because we all know the sticky stuff were a huge part of what was going on there. And the you can just look at the change in his profile as a pitcher uh, in the minors and you can point out when it happened, but not necessarily. Uh, and then Alex Young was fine. I mean, it's a third of an inning. What are you going to say there? Naylor and Plesak are rather easy players of the game in this one for me. Those are two of your three stars. And then, you know, it's like I I almost give it to Straw. Because, hey, he had a walk and a stolen base. That's two positive things. No one else had two positive things. Every single pitcher gave up a run in relief. Uh, Offensively, you had a lot of 0-4s. I mean, Arias did have a walk before he got pinch hit for. No, that was mainly who got mainly got pitch hit for you had a walk for jose and a hit for Quan, but at least with straw um there was a stolen base there was a second positive trait in that game for the guardians it was it was a bit of a i don't know if it, everything about today was brutal if you're a guardians fan we're gonna take a break we're gonna come back and talk about the third game uh this one got painful uh very quickly i mean when you lose josh naylor in the first one and then you come back in this second one, and again, anytime Ernie Clement is pinch hitting for anyone, you know the game went off the rails. 
don't be like me. Save yourself money with rockauto.com. I always tell the story uh, about buying windshield wipers and it costing me 50 bucks more than I could have gotten them at Rock Auto. And listen, for do-it-yourselfers, you can save yourself a ton of money at Rock Auto. But if you're like me and you're not car savvy, I, I just mentioned it. It's filters. It is those windshield wipers. Those are the easy things. The things you can look at YouTube and about a three-minute video and see how to take care of. Uh, anything over three minutes back off but if it's under three minutes you should totally be able to take care of it and save yourself money at rock auto and just and if you don't know go look at your car get all those specific stuff about what your car is and then they'll tell you right on the website okay this is our best seller for that particular need for this car uh, american-owned company do helping do it yourselfers for over 20 years rockauto.com they'll save you money and when they save you money you're gonna write locked on in the how'd you hear about us box so they know we sent you there uh, it helps us out, and it's going to help you out because you're going to save yourself some dough. Remember, that's rockauto.com, and make sure you let them know that Locked On sent you. Oh, what a game. The Eric Haas Revenge game. <laughs> we want to label it that. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's having a bit of a down year, and last year was a, you know, it starts to all get compiled. I've been talking so long about all of these guys. I remember, you know, Eric Haas and Double A. And again, I want to go back. Um, I... I don't want to come off as being mean about Ernie Clement. Again, I think he is a major league player. I, I believe that. I think he is a major league talent. I think he can handle three outfield spots in a pinch. He can be a third string catcher. He can hit play anywhere on the infield. He is that ultimate glue piece. But putting him in a platoon split where he is required to be an everyday part of your lineup, depending on if you're facing a righty or lefty, that is my issue. When you're viewing him as the pinch hitter off the bench, that is my issue. I think he's absolutely a major league talent. Uh, again, all reports reports are great dude. He was a limited player in college, and, you know, it's that high contact rate. We know the Guardians love that. Uh, and, you know, he's continued to stay kind of a limited guy. He can be a major league player. I'm not sitting there saying he is not, but I do want to, just in case I'm getting a little too mean here with my statements, uh, so going back to Eric Haas, I was just kind of curious. Yeah, last year was when he had 22 home runs. It, I was like, was he one of those guys who was a great 2020? Was it a great 2021? I don't know if it was great, but it was good. It was solid. Let's put it that way. So in this one, hey, the Guardians at least managed a few hits. They had more hits than uh, base runners from the first game. But uh, unfortunately, Cleveland's pitching was, again, not good. Uh, giving up 10 hits. Going in, I mean, Connor Pilkington, it's... You're like, only one earned run, but his error, it's that whole thing where I've always had this issue. Even as a kid, I'm like, so when they mess up, they don't, still an unearned run. It's like, yeah, his throwing error, uh, if he doesn't make that error there, you know, that ends the inning, it's only a one run. Cleveland is up still at that point in time, or no, uh, I'm trying to go back. No, Cleveland wouldn't be up. Cleveland, no, yes, because Cleveland goes up three to one in the top, and then those runs came across in the bottom. So then you get he goes out to the fifth, and if he's able to blanket them, then maybe it pushes everyone back a little. Uh, Trevor Steffen, not the best performance for him either. You know, multi-inning reliever in this time. You know, he gave up uh, gave up a run. Brian Shaw, they went to him. He is getting very close to that first performance bonus for just showing up. Uh, then after Shaw, uh, at least Enyel, who's had some struggles. Uh, goes a clean inning for the Guardians, who reached base twice in this one. Well, there was uh, Andres, and there was Mercado. So for all of my Mercado stuff, he wasn't terrible uh, in this particular game. 
but box score bingo of it all. Guardians had six hits and four walks. That is 10 opportunities. That should lead to about three runs. Hey, lined up for once. Uh, 10 hits and five, no, two walks with an error of 13 opportunities. That should lead to four runs. They got five. So a little bit better for them. And Fiedo didn't have a great go. Uh, Tyler Alexander, the former starter, and that's why they brought in Clement, because they had a lefty on the mound and were living and dying with this platoon. Uh, It was just unbelievable to watch it unfold. Uh, And, yeah, so it's a new double play. Uh, Rest of this game is just, from that part point on, it's, you know, the... The pitching hasn't been particularly effective, and the offense has been really uh, offensive <laughs> to to take that old pun and use it. But I still think uh, this team is currently two and a half behind the Twins in spite of all of this. They are, you know, I had it open and I closed it. They're three back, I want to say, of the Rays. The White Sox are playing better. The White Sox are two games, one and a half games, I believe, now behind uh, Cleveland. So they're a team that's charging, and they have the talent to actually, you know, uh, pass. They have a higher playoff percentage still over at Fangraphs than than the Guardians do. So we'll have to see. I'm still, I don't know. Like, I think something's going to have to give, but at the same time, I thought something's going to have to give for about 18 months now. And really, outside of the Miles Straw trade, we really haven't seen them turn assets into, you know, uh, players. They they haven't gone out and done that whole consolidation I've been expecting. And it just feels like, I don't know, maybe everyone's 40-man is just stuffed and I'm not spending enough time staring at it. It's We talked about Detroit had a fantastic start from Garrett Hill, and he was a guy who they were afraid they were going to lose in the Rule 5. Maybe it's just we're at a kind of a point in time where it's almost like a gentleman's agreement. Like, okay, uh, no one's going to really take anyone unless it's uh, really over the top or to fill a very specific need. I don't know. Maybe the the overall concern, but at the same time, you had uh, John Kenzie Noel because you're concerned. I I don't know. I they don't seem to be pushing to add anyone. They don't seem to be pushing to. Like I said, I've been expecting a trade for a while. It hasn't come together. Uh, Nolan Jones has nothing left to prove, and it's his second year in a row uh, on the forty man roster. I mean, Ty Freeman is, again, it's interesting to me that, like, everyone's super juiced there. And I get it. Like, he has more home runs this year than a year ago. He's actually played in more games now than a year ago. So having doubled from two to four home runs, I don't know if, especially when you look at the difference between playing in Akron to Columbus, that's not impressive. Like, that about what should happen. Uh, the ISO jump, I think the bigger thing is that the K rate is even lower and the walk rate increased a little. But he's been still about a league average offensive player. So it's one of those things where I am, like, people talk about the resurgence of Ty Freeman. Not to say, again, that he's a bad player by any regard. I think he's a really interesting player. But I'm not racing for him like I am in Nolan Jones or Will Brennan, guys who have been just utterly abusing pitching at that level. And there doesn't seem like there is a whole lot left to prove. I'll be curious to see how this bullpen shakes out. I really need to sit down and see how Sandlin has adjusted to going to AAA. We're going to get that chance to see what 99 can do in Cleveland. Again, I'm, I'm hoping it returns to form. Could make the back of that end, back of that end, back of that end. No, the back of that pen, utterly, uh, utterly deadly. And then let's be honest. If the Guardians call up Nolan Jones, 
to Cleveland, which they should, because right now it looks like they're going to be down their three and four hitters. And he is the guy on the 40-man with power potential who is just killing the baseball down there. You know, Will Brennan, you have to do some roster uh, movement to get it done. But Nolan Jones is already on the roster. That also allows you to call up George Valera, who is has nothing to prove in double-A at this point in time. I, there is nothing to prove there. I will point out, <laughs> neither really does uh, Brian Rocchio, who was just the all-prospect second baseman of the week uh, down in uh, for all of Major League Baseball. They ma- named him that for the last week. Which, I mean, again, we talked about Micah Pyers on the show yesterday. It felt like it was a little bit of kick in the pants to him. I, he bears watching. Again, we talked about all the reasons why he is someone that you should be paying attention to. Uh, the, the other thing with all this is honestly, like, what got, went down with Cody Morris, and it's been kind of the story of his whole career in college and the pros is health. It's why part of me thinks that, like, just pen arm, you know, a little bit less stress overall than being a starter. Uh, if Morris was healthy, would he already be in this rotation? I just can't help but wonder about that. Uh, depending on concussion system, symptoms, we should see Hedges operational soon, which again opens up that spot for Sandy Leon to try to pass him through waivers and see if he can end up being like that depth guy in AAA, your kind of emergency uh, catching situation if someone else gets hurt. Perfect situation to call up Will Brennan, just saying it, because again, I am not going to lose sleep if... Now, I, I last year I said I wasn't going to lose sleep if they lost Hedges, and I was wrong. And, you know, it's important to realize what you get right and get wrong but i'm not going to lose sleep if they lose out on castro it's if he ends up being someone they let go uh in terms of clearing up a roster spot um there are other guys who are kind of that slim margins that you know go ahead it'll be okay they'll figure it out but uh yeah this is a team like i said if you're not going to call brennan call up call uh, call up Will Benson, get crazy. You want, uh, but the the thing with Call that makes him why he's the guy I'm all for calling up. Uh, pun not intended. Again, I wish I could say it. Really, is that you know he's 27 and he's right-handed. If you feel like you need a right-handed bat, then go get him. Go give the kid a chance. I mean, is 27 still count as a kid? But you know, either way, go check out what he can do for this team. Uh, if they need to call up, and honestly. Yeah, you know, two more games against the Tigers. Uh, I haven't been kind of doing the previews because we know these teams by now. It's been a lot of playing teams we know, and I've just had things to vent about. But these next two games favor the Guardians. In terms, like the Guardians should have been favored in, I would say three out of four of these matchups. Now they're obviously not going to win this series, but they should have. Then you have the next three against Kansas City, and then it's the searching White Sox. If they don't do some things to help rectify where the lineup is right now. Uh, when we talk a week from today, they might be facing the White Sox while being behind the White Sox in the standings for the first time since May. It's a concern. It's a team that has dropped some games of late. And you know, offensively, there isn't a whole lot to get excited by. Uh, you know, Go vote for Andres for the All-Star game. Fran Mill has looked better. Uh, Ahmed Rosario has made me look foolish, and Stephen Kwan has continued to be a solid, steady guy who's going to, you know, just rookie of the year vote down to fifth. If they did, he'll get like some fourth and fifth place votes, but he's not sexy enough to get anything higher than that. Uh, I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked on Guardians podcast for today. Remember to rate and review, download daily. It helps. We're going to get into some more draft stuff as well. 
uh, just so I can talk about some positive things <laughs> right now. When these shows go negative, it ends up being no one's having any fun. So hopefully the Guardians turn around. It's it's so nice when they are playing well and we are having fun. But uh, there's ups and there's downs in baseball. And as I just always talk about, there is no straight developmental line. Things will get figured out. I have full faith in this front office to ensure that the best talent makes it to the field. And as I end every show, go, go, Guardians, go.